All right. All right. You know, yesterday, uh, late in the afternoon, I was checking uh, Facebook, and um, I do that every once or twice a year. And uh, I was checking Facebook, and I saw our LOH uh, Facebook page. They had this question about, you know, uh, about, about the pastor of LOH Church. I'm not so sure who that is. And uh, find, find the emoji. And can someone shut those doors, please? And find the emoji. Find the emoji that fits the description of me. And I, I got chuckled, man. I, I, I got tickled. I was laughing. I, uh, Christine Wharton, I saw, your, I saw your emoji, if you're watching by live stream on your second honeymoon today. But uh, I saw you, and I saw others. And some made me laugh so hard. Some made me get all touchy and feely and warm and your kindness and love. That was a great one. That was a great one. Hey, follow our, follow our social media on Facebook, Lighthouse of Hope Church. Also Instagram as well. And, uh, and you'll be up, and up to date with what's going on. I want, to, I want to preach this morning on Communion Sunday, a message titled, There is Power at the Lord's Table. There's Power at the Lord's Table. The New Testament record is a testimony of God coming into the world in a powerful way. When God put his spirit upon his son in that Jordan River, and he came out, out of that water doing good and healing the sick, opening blind eyes, deaf ears, driving back darkness, casting out demons, making the crippled walk again, and even raising the dead. Did you read that part? Acts describes it like this. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. The final night of Jesus' life on earth, he gathered the 12, he washed their feet, and then he served them his meal. We call it the Lord's Supper, his last meal. But, and, and, but we do realize, that, and we're going to do this at the end of the service, we do realize that although these elements, the bread and the cup, do not save us, they don't. You drink the cup, eat the bread, that doesn't save a person. A person is saved by faith in Jesus Christ alone. But with that said, everybody say with that said. With that said, this table, this table, this table, the time we take at this table can release the power of God fresh upon our lives today. And that's where we're going this morning. You know why? Because there is such a need in so many lives today for God's touch. There is such a need in this room today for people to be touched, renewed, refreshed. Are you hearing me this morning? Are you watching me this morning live stream? Let's watch God this morning. You have a need today. Maybe you got up and you thought, you know, I'm going to church, but I just can't just go to church. I need a touch from the Lord today. I need a healing. Anyone in this room, you need a healing 
today? You need a miracle? You might say, you know what, I, 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 I have friends, I go to doctors, I go to counselors and all that's good, but I'll tell you what, I need something that's beyond what a man or a woman or, or a church, I need the Lord this morning. I need the Lord this morning. Are you here this morning? Are you here today? I want to declare this truth to you this morning. I want to speak this from the depth of my heart. The Spirit of God has stirred me for days now about this. There is power in the Lord's table. There is power in the Lord's table. I believe, if you will believe, I believe today that today could be a day for a miracle. Today could be a day for a sign, a wonder, God to do something new in your life. If you believe that, I want you to say this with me out loud. This is the day. Today is the day that the Lord has made. If you believe that, I want you to do two things. Give the Lord a hand clap and stand with me for the reading of the Word of God. Stand with me for the reading. And you can read it. You can read this with me out loud. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26, verse 26. Go with me. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Will you join me in prayer? Lord, we are lifting our hearts today. We are lifting our voices to God Almighty. And we come in one accord and we say, O oh Lord, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. And now, Lord, take note of our faith and our hunger and our need for you this morning and grant that your servant, I may speak your word with confidence while you extend your hand to heal, set free, and deliver and signs and wonders take place in this place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And the church of the living God said, Amen. Give somebody a high five and tell them today is their day. And you may be seated. Why, why, why is this table, why is this table powerful? First of all, it's powerful because it's the Lord's table, okay? It's the Lord's table. You know what that means? That means the covenant brother, our kinsman, who became one of us because we couldn't become like him. He became one of us. He laid aside his privileges as king without losing them. And as God, he walked as a man, walked as a brother, a kinsman, and paid the ultimate price in humility for us. He shed his blood for our sins to be washed away. For our chains to be broken. And our lives to be born new again. Has that happened to anybody in this room? Wave at me if it has. 
And God then raised Jesus up from the dead, raised him up to be seated at his right hand, gave him all... Look at your neighbor and said, I think he believes what he's preaching. (laughs) Gave him all power and authority in heaven and on earth to fill the whole universe with his power. That table, when we come by faith... It's powerful because it's the Lord's table. Hear heaven's question today, church. I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too difficult for me? The power of the Lord's table is also powerful because it's the table of his name. What's his name? His name is Jesus. 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 Jesus, as long as the church sings about Jesus and preaches about Jesus, the church will keep being the church. The day we stop singing about Jesus, the day we stop preaching about Jesus, the day we stop making our ministries about Jesus is the day the church dies. But the church is alive because his name is the name that heaven gave him. The name the Father loves. His name is the name that's tuned to perfect pitch in glory. The joyful sound in the streets over there. The 10,000 hills of heaven ring out that name, Jesus. When we come to the table of the Lord, power is released because there's power in the name of Jesus. He said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Today, you and I have no way to get through security and in some means get not even access to things that belong to us without verifying our identity. Is that true? Verifying our identity gives us access. And without proper verification, it would not be granted. Now, in the name of Jesus, that phrase isn't a mantra. It's not a magic wand. And you don't even have to use it with great volume. Jesus said, if you come to the Father in my name, meaning if you are in me and I'm in you, If you're walking with me and I'm walking with you, then when you come to the Father, it's as if you are coming in me. And if you're coming to him as me, because the word is working in you, in your nature, you can even whisper my name. And surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. That doesn't mean the Father won't answer me or answer you if you're struggling. It doesn't mean that he'll hold back from you if you're imperfect and you're still working things out and God's working things out in your life. But it does mean we come in the name of Jesus. Ask, he said, in the name of Jesus, meaning you come in the favor of Jesus. You come faithing his work in your life. You come believing that God's favor is going to be released to you because his favor is on Christ. And you come in his name. We come in his, when we come to this table, we're not coming to the name of the Assemblies of God or the Southern Baptist Convention or the United or Ununited Methodist Church. We're not coming in the name of the Lutherans or the Catholics. We're coming in the name of Jesus Christ. And his name is powerful. There's power in that table. Also because 
It's the table of his blood. Our Heavenly Father is moved by great offerings, not in the amount that comes from our hand, but the amount that brought it from our heart. And the greatest offering you can bring to God is faith in the blood of Jesus and honor of the blood of Jesus. Abel was heard because of the type of offering he gave to the Lord. Jesus was heard by the Father because he shed his blood. And we are heard and welcomed when we come in the power and recognition and honor of the blood. A.W. Tozer said in his book, Echoes from Eternity, the blood of Jesus Christ continues to plead eloquently. At the right hand of God the Father, I do not believe that Jesus, our great high priest, has to talk and talk and talk. But I'm sure his intercession for us lies in his two wounded hands. John Stockton and William MacDonald wrote the great hymn, Precious Blood. They wrote it in 1875. In the second verse, I love these lines, a thousand fountains spring up from the throne of God. Anyone live in 1875? Sing along. <laughs> but none to me such blessings bring as Jesus' precious blood. His blood. Faith in his blood. I know the angels are clapping right now. Brings the power to save. His blood brings the power to forgive. His blood brings the power to heal our emotions and heal our bodies. Because his blood paid the ultimate price. Why is this table that we're going to come to powerful? It's powerful because it's the Lord's. It's powerful because it's in his name. And it's powerful because of his blood. His blood is a living testimony that speaks in heaven right now and is speaking to the Father right now. When Abel was murdered, God said, your brother's blood is crying out from the earth. And I'm here to tell you right now, when Jesus died on that cross, his blood began to speak to heaven from the earth. And it began to speak out for mercy for you, and grace for you, and healing for you, and deliverance for you, and wholeness for you, and the coming of the Spirit's gifts for you, and angels to protect you, and gather around your church and your family, and for signs and wonders and miracles to be released into the earth by the power of Jesus, because his blood is powerful. Jesus' blood, come on someone, is powerful and his blood still speaks. Jesus' blood empowers the table. You know why? Because it reaches, Jimmy, it reaches to the highest mountains. It flows to the lowest valleys. The blood that gives me strength. Anybody ever heard that one before? From day to day, it will never lose his power. Look at your neighbor and say, pray for him. He's got to do this twice. <laughs> it will never lose its power. Why is this table powerful? Because this table represents a covenant of faith. A covenant of faith. Do you know the Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God? And you know all it takes to please God? Faith. Faith. It's like if I dove off here, I know Ollie would catch me. I know it. 
Well, I don't really know it. <laughs> He'd catch me. God has made an eternal, everlasting, lasting forever covenant. That means a sacred promise has been made and it's secure to everyone who puts their faith in Jesus. I want to break that down even more. We're not looking back to a God of yesterday that doesn't do today what he did yesterday. But it is good to look back because when you look back into yesteryear and yesterday, we can see who the God of today is. We are looking to the God who was, who is, and who is to come. We are looking at the I am, not the I was or used to be. Meaning, Jesus right now is at the right hand of power. 2,000 years ago, Stephen before the Sanhedrin said, I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of the power of God. Whether you see that or I see that or not, let me tell you what's true. The Son of Man is at the right hand of power right now. It's a covenant he made. We put our faith in the covenant. We put our faith in the sacred promise. I've been studying the idea of covenant from Old Testament, New Testament scholars for most of my Christian life. And I just wanted to share with you my definition of what I think covenant means. And it means this. Covenant means an unbreakable promise of loyalty, an action on behalf of the party to which the promise is pledged. God has made an unbreakable promise of loyalty and promise to act on the behalf of the person, the party to which the promise is pledged. This promise is pledged to you Amen. and to me. He said, drink this. This is for you. Now, some of you haven't shouted yet, and my goal is not to get you to shout. My goal is to get us healed. My goal is to get us set free. My goal is to get us broken free from the things that bind us from being free. This table of history, this table of remembrance, becomes a table of power because it's a table of covenant. So what is released at this table? When we come by faith, what does God promise to release to the people who come acting in faith? Covenant births things. Here's what's birthed in the unbreakable promise, God acting on our behalf. One, release from sin. Release. Forgiveness doesn't just mean covering, it means freeing you, freeing me, freeing me. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever gotten to a place where you hate your sin more than you love it? You'll never be free from something that you do. If you still love it, you can't get free of it. I'm sorry won't emancipate a person. I'm sick of it might emancipate a person. I'm so sick of it, I'm coming out of it, and I'm trusting in the power to come into me. This table promises release from sin. The hardest person to get away from is yourself. And a lot of times that's the last 
place we look for the problem's root. It's not your mama. It's not your wife. It's not your husband. It's not the Republicans. It's not Trump. It's not the other people, whoever they are. There's like 16 of them. It's not, it's not the left or the right. It's not. It's ourselves. It's ourselves. And the only thing that can break us free from ourselves is the power of his blood. And when the release of the power of his blood comes into our life, we can recover our spirit. Our spirit is the part in us that is never satisfied by material things because our spirit was created to find its fulfillment in God. But everybody's a spirit being, and they make up their own religion until they find God. When they find God's truth, a lot of times they go, I'm going to make up my own religion. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. But I'm going to keep myself on the throne and cover it up in something called spiritual. Well, that's a demon. And we need to be set free from them too. And the power of the table of the Lord breaks the power off our spirit so our spirit can get broken free to have a relationship with God. And when our spirit gets awakened, then our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions can start to get better. And, that, and God can even affect our bodies. God can even heal our bodies because God's purpose around this table is to return each of us to his original intention for every single one of us. You'll never understand the reason for which you were born until you're born again. But when you're born again, you can return to the original intention for which God gave you birth. How do I know this is true? Because the scriptures say it like this in Isaiah 53. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. He was pierced for our transgressions. The word is pasha. It means to step out of bounds intentionally, but more likely by accident. Do not trespass is the sign. And sometimes we trespass over the line. It's a mistake. It's a falling short of what we may have even wanted to live. He was pierced for our falling shorts of the standard, our trespass, pasha. But he was crushed for our iniquities, avon. Avon is a word that means wicked, perverse depravity, rebellious. Raise your hand if that, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Rebell, <laughs> everybody. We don't all, we can't all just go, well, you know, I'd be just like Jesus, but every now and then I just, oops, I just cutely step over the line and mess up. Sorry. No. There's another side to us, isn't there? I said there's another side to us, isn't there? Avon, depraved, perverted, wicked rebelliousness. He was crushed for that. The punishment that brought us peace, shalom, is the word. Shalom means well-being. It means whole life. It means a peace that permeates mind, will, emotion. The punishment on him brought us shalom, and by his wounds we are healed. Now take your switch and turn it on the shout now. He was wounded and we are healed. Rafa is the Hebrew word. Now stay with me. Rafa means to mend and cure. 
From Genesis to Job, every time the word heal is mentioned, every time, it does not refer to spiritual healing. It refers to physical healing. Every verse from in Genesis to Job that uses the word rapha for healing never means spiritual healing. It means physical. And when Matthew uses the scripture from Isaiah to talk about the ministry of Jesus, he uses these verses. Stay with me. In Psalm 103, it says, Bless the Lord, Yahweh, O my soul, all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and rapha's all your diseases. Stay with me. In the book of Exodus, chapter 15, God reveals himself to Israel by the name, the God who heals you. The Hebrew is made up of two components. Yahweh, we've talked about that. The I am, covenant, eternal name of God. Yahweh, and then he adds a compound, Rapha. I am, not I was, I am, the eternal. Who are you? Tell them I am who I am. The I am. I am Yahweh Rapha. Okay? The God who heals you. And in the Hebrew language, the word you is in an, em- listen, it's in an emphatic tense. And here's what that means. I am the God who heals you. I am the God who heals you. You. Who is a you in here? Is there any yous in the room? I don't understand the mystery. I can't make the wind blow. But baby, when the wind's blowing, let it blow you around. And God's here today. I don't know about yesterday. I don't know about last week. But the God who sent me here today, I'm not preaching this, Pastor Tim. I'm preaching a prophetic word to someone today, stirred up by the Spirit. God is saying today, there's a you in this room. Isaiah 57, verse 18, the Lord says, I have seen your, this is for somebody. I have seen your ways, but I will heal them. I will guide you and restore comfort to you for your mourning. Now, the Lord led me to the story to put the capstone on this today that's just going to lift the lid by the power of his grace and spirit to take you to a place where God wants to take you today. In Matthew 15, there's the story where Jesus comes across this woman who is known as the Canaanite woman. And it says, Jesus went away from there and withdrew into the district of Tyre and Sidon. In the mind of the Jews of that day, Tyre and Sidon would be outside of the place where God would be ever interested in bringing his kindness or his healing. Only in the geographical location of Israel and to the Jews themselves did the people of that time think that the Messiah was sent. Okay? So you're going to hear Jesus say some things in this. Don't take it that Jesus is being mean or he is agreeing. He is using sarcastically what the people who aren't thinking the way he thinks are thinking at the time. And he's going to use it for an illustration. There is a woman, a Canaanite woman from that region. And she came out and noticed this. She began to cry out. 
She didn't stand in the back. She didn't send a, a, a note card to the next steps table. She began to cry out, saying, have mercy on me. Notice how she refers to him. Lord, son of David. That is a reference to Messiah. She is not a Jew. She is not in Israel. And she doesn't go to synagogue. But her daughter has a demon tormenting her. And she knows Messiah is coming. And so she's not asking permission from the organized religious system to see whether or not she can ask God to save her from her situation. Have mercy. That doesn't just mean looking with sympathy. Mercy is the deepest sacred covenant word in the Old Testament. It means that God will be moved with compassion out of his sacred oath to the people who believe him and bring to them whatever they need. That's what that means. Have mercy on me. Doesn't just mean I'm, I'm, I'm sorry you're struggling, buddy. It means you come and you do. You act. The messianic promise in Jesus is God coming to act in power. And this woman is coming, crying out. <clears throat> he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and listen what they did. They implored him saying, hey, hey, Lord, send her away. She's too loud in church. Send her away. What kind of, what kind of person? Do you ever notice that person worshiping? They're, they're a little out of control. Now, as I said last week, in the Pentecostal and non-Pentecostal world, there are Jesus-loving people who are just flat weird. <laughs> and if we put a no weird people are allowed on the, on the church sign, we're all going to have to go look somewhere else. <laughs> Send her away. Listen. Because she keeps what? We can't have that, can we? Walked with him three years now. Walked on water. Saw Send her away. You know why? We'll get there. He looks at her and he says, he's sarcastically speaking, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You know what Jesus is saying there? I'm redefining the house of Israel. Watch. But she came, okay, she's crying, she's shouting, she's, I don't know if she's behind him, around him. Oh, I'm going to, I've got to get back on here. I don't know if she's around him, beside him, or whatever she's doing, but she's shouting, and they're saying, tell her this. And then, and then, you know what she does? She gets discouraged, and so she gets mad at the church, mad at God, mad at whoever, and she leaves. No, 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 no. You know what she does? She gets in front of him. She impedes his progress, gets down, and starts worshiping him. And then he says this. It's not good. Look at this really closely. It's not good to take the children's bread. Everybody say children's bread. This bread is my what? What, was, what happened to the body of Jesus? It was wounded for our what? Trespasses. Crushed for our depravities. And by his wounds we were what? Rapha in the Old Testament from Genesis to Job means physical healing. It is not right for me to take the children's bread healing 
and give it to the dogs. Now that's offensive, right? Do you know the disciples looked at the Canaanites? The disciples and Israel looked at the Canaanites and called them dogs. It wouldn't be right for me to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And you know what? She doesn't get offended. You know why some people don't get healed? Because they can't stop being offended. You know what the scripture says? Great peace have they who love your word, O Lord, and nothing will offend them. A lot of times our offense doesn't say anything about the person that we're offended. It just reveals us. When we say they made me mad, no, actually, they brought out my madness. Hey, when it comes up to the surface, let God skim it off. There's too much dirt in the wells of Isaac's and Jacob's sons. Too much dirt. We can't get healed because there's too much dirt. She doesn't get offended. You know what she does? She says, yes, Lord, that's true. Most of the people that should be wanting this, they're not even reaching out for it. And if I'm a dog, so be it. Just drop me a crumb. Listen. We'll never get better. Never get free. Never get right. Until we're willing to make such a scene, even in the house of God. See, we have done really good in the modern church of trying with everything we have to make the world finally say, I approve of how you do Jesus now. And what that mostly means is no tongue talking in the Sunday morning service. No praying for the sick. Don't even think about driving out a devil Don't even extend past because we've got it marketed. Our main goal is to get the world to say, I can do your Jesus now. And in those churches like that, Jesus ain't doing nothing. I'm not saying we all have to have a maniac spell and go nuts. But listen, let me ask you something. How would you feel... If Jesus of Nazareth manifested in this room and you happen to be there that day and your son has a demonic, oppressive spirit on his life, would you sit in the back and be quiet? Some of us, not all of us, and I know that he can come with a still breeze and blow and do it all. He can. But you know, sometimes, and not, I've never found the verse. I'm way off my mark now, but I don't care. I've never found the verse that I've even assumed was there. Have you ever heard this? The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. Tell that to Saul. Sometimes he's like a rootin' tootin' cowboy coming into town shooting up everything that moves. When he came to Ephesus, through the ministry of Philip, the power was so strong in Philip's life that witches came out of the woodwork and started screeching out, throwing their magic books into the, into the pile and setting them on fire, throwing their idols in the middle of the streets. And it, you know what it did? It made the people mad. It made them mad. Guess who I, guess who, guess who I want to see happy? Is the woman whose child is being oppressed by demonic darkness 
and gets set free because she won't let the church tell her how far she can go to reach Jesus. Not all the time. He's not always going to melt your max factor off your face. But listen, I've been in this thing a long time. And a lot of the times that the Holy Spirit is stopped from moving is not because we're being so committed to our doctrinal statement. No, we're committed to our appearance and our pride, and we don't want anybody to think that we might be a little bit whatever, whatever, whatever. Sometimes it's time for the snot to flow and the tears to come out and the wig to fall off and your pants get on, you know, and you come up front and there's more showing than isn't showing, but you don't care because you're saying, Lord, I need you to touch my life. Touch my life. God, I need you to touch my life. I don't want an assembly of God baptism. I don't want a Baptist baptism. I don't want a Lutheran touch. I need the Jesus of the Bible to come and break the chains off my marriage and my family and my kids and my body. Come on, somebody. If you're here and you're saying, what denomination is him? I'm heaven. Heaven denomination. My headquarters is there. Nowhere else. Where am I? Jesus said to her, ready? Come on now. Come on. Jesus said to her, is there any millionaire here that can buy us a building so we can all do this one time on Sunday? If you go, hey, don't send it to me, L-O-H. See at the end of the service right out there. What are you going to do? We could build something for the next 25 years. Anyway. Then Jesus said to her, Oh woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. I want to see those at once things. You know, God bless them, but you know, healing lines. Well, hey, I think my, my left nostril was, now it's a little bit more, now it's clear. You know, that, whatever, whatever. You know what I want? I want to see, I want healing at once and not take an offering after. I want healing, I want bones cracking healing and devils going off people healing and eyes opening up healing and people that are tormented in their mind and they can't go five minutes without having sexual tormenting thoughts going through their brain even in church. Set free where they never think like that again. Where the claw is removed from their life. Hey, live streamer, you having church yet? Healing. Don't let anybody call you a dog. Not the church, not the world, not the devil or disciples. If you believe in him, the children's bread is yours. Put your faith in the power of the table. Because it's the Lord's. Because it's his name. You know why he does stuff? He does it for his name's sake. Thought you guys were coming for me there for a minute. I opened my eyes and I opened your eyes and there was a policeman. There was a policeman standing there, and I was like, "Man, I'm." A... Seriously, I opened my. I thought, "How did he know?" Anyway, <laughs> I 
One last thing, one last thing. I want everyone to stand. Everyone stand. Listen, come on now. Why is this table powerful? It's a family table. Here's what I want. If you have a need for healing, here's how we do it here. We come to the front. They open up these, these lids. You take the cup and the bread. You return to your seat. But if you got a little bit of a Canaanite woman thing going on in you, Canaanite man thing going on with a blind Bartimaeus thing where they say stop yelling and you say I can't I can't I want to see I want to see I want to see I can't go one more day backslidden and lukewarm I can't go one more minute hiding most of my life and coming here just hoping no one God I, I can't stand one more day of, of watching you work all around me and me with the great big question but I'm too far gone and people have even written me off and maybe even your family has said God can't work in your life but there's something listen down under that dirt in that well there's this thing that's saying listen to this preacher this morning listen I'm talking to you that's you if that's you listen some of us aren't sick physically but we're sick in our emotions and that's not a put down that's just a reality something damaged the way you feel the way you think and you can't break free because you're bound up you can't break free because you're bound up. I just want to tell you, don't do it to be Pentecostal. Don't do it because we're all stirred up. But listen, some of us, some of us, some of us need to shout it out loud. Some of us need to say, God, I can't go out that door if they kick me out when the 11 o'clock service starts because I'm not through yet. I've got to have you touch me today. My kid's in trouble. My life's in trouble. I'm going to fall. I'm going to crash. I'm going to burn. If I go out of here unchanged, I don't know if I'll ever come back. Jesus, help me today. You don't go back to your seat. You come right here. You come right here with your cup and bread. And we're going to get family around you. We're going to get family around you. And we're going to pray in the name of Jesus. We're going to pray. Hey, we're going to pray in the name of Jesus for God to have mercy on you friend I don't ask you to do this ever but today I'm going to ask you to and please only do this in the fear of God because I've seen this not work right right but if there's something on the inside of you that you know that you know that you know that you know if you don't do what I'm about to say it's almost like you're sinning and that is if you're somewhere in this room and all of a sudden the Spirit of God's come on you and is saying to you, there's somebody around you. I don't want you to do anything weird. But if you know that 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 you know. Look with kindness, warmth on your face, eye to eye, and say, are you all right? Can I pray with you? Can I pray for you? Today, by the Spirit of God directing me, I give you permission to do that. Very discreetly, very warmly, not make a scene. 
If that offends anybody, I'll pay the bill for that one, all right? I'll pay the bill. Send them to me. I'll pay the bill. It'll be my fault, not God's, not yours, mine. But today, listen, their friend was paralyzed and they couldn't get him to Jesus, so they, they tore the roof off the place. And they put him in front of Jesus' feet. There's people here today that are going to need this. They're going to need this. And I give you permission to cry out loud. I give you permission to shout out loud. I don't give you permission to do a look at me, look at me. But I give you permission to reach out to God from the depth of your soul today. I'll pay that bill too. But his presence is here right now to touch us. He's the mighty God. He's the same Jesus that took this 58-year-old man when he was an 18-year-old kid that had the dark powers of hell binding his mind and he looked like a Christian. And God reached down past all that and put me out in the middle of an aisle and the next thing I knew, I was kneeling before the power of the old rugged cross. There was no way I could break free from the bondages of my life, the dark places. And you know what? I just came to him and he had mercy on me and he'll have mercy on you. He'll touch your body. He'll touch your mind. He'll touch your spirit. He will release you from those monsters that are gripping your soul. So guys, let's open this table. And in the name of Jesus, as a man standing in the office of Pastor Shepherd, in prophetic utterance of this day, I declare liberty and freedom. I declare that the Spirit of the Lord is upon this church, that honey's dripping from the roof, and everybody who needs to get in the water can get in. Everybody that needs to touch the hem of his garment can touch it. That this table is powerful. And the blood works and the bread works. And by his wounds, receive your healing.